that. That's what happens when you're a sexy boy. You get a sexy voice. Welcome to the All Star Supercast. I'm Hans from Valkyrie Rock. This is Jay from Jay Horn Illustration Comics for Couples. And this is Joe. Hi. Who dat? Uh, oh sure, I don't get a second <laughs> title. <laughs> Fresh from finding what the hell is going on. Yeah, they're going to share with the group. It certainly wasn't a pay increase. I can tell you that for nothing. Oh, <laughs> wait, wait a minute! You get paid? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so I didn't come back. <laughs> well, he held us up for more, no money. Yeah, we lured you back under false pretenses. Of yeah. Cork. Yeah. <laughs> a, not a, a, not a having the type zero, yeah. like a big box. <laughs> yeah. Not a big ball of the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine it, like Tony Montana. Yeah. <laughs> you just come in, like, right, here's your pair, mountain of cocaine, like, mm. <laughs> That's probably why I enjoyed this film so much. Yeah. That's why I got excited when it started snowing. <laughs> <laughs> cocaine from the sky! <sighs> oh, dear. So we did. My nose is cold. <laughs> so, it's not so, so I did lure him back with uh, Akira. Promises yeah. of gold and candy. Well, we say pro- lured him back with Akira. He didn't know anything about it I until I picked had, him up earlier. Yeah, that was that was literally just minding my own business. Yeah. And my van pulled up, and you were pushed in, and now you're here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I moved aside some of the bodies to make room for you. I mean, I'm literally not kidding. Jamie and has told me literally nothing about this film, not even its title. Before Wait, I, sat down I didn't to even it. talk to you before this. Jamie That's was true. just like, "We doing this this weekend?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Cool." What time? <laughs> told him the time. He was like. Cool. And I was like, wow, am I not going to talk to Joe did, before he arrives? What, did you not even know I was coming? I knew you were coming, but that was about it. <laughs> and all I could we think should was, talk more. All, all, all I could think is, why aren't you using the group chat? <laughs> it's probably really low down yeah. in your list because I've been used for like a year. Yeah, I totally forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is literally almost a year old as a concept, isn't it? It's over. October it's over. 2017. Yeah, October 2017. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're getting old. <laughs> I've lived in one, two. I'm on. I'm on my fourth place that I've lived in since we started doing this. Uh, I'm still the first. I know. Look, look at you. That's <laughs> why we're sat here. Some, sta- some stability in your life. Oh. So, so we've established Joe knows nothing about Akira. I know next even to nothing about. Yeah, even less now. I've watched so, it. So Jamie, graces with knowledge. Okay. So go and pronounce it right. Okay, so Akira is a film based on the manga of the same name by the author Katsuhiro Otomo. God, I hope I'm not butchering that name. You know what? I will say, if you'd heard the first take of that, it was so racist. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So many chings and so many chongs. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, Don't edit. (laughs) You make a joke and then he just goes too far. Yeah, pushing those boundaries. But it was... (laughs) <laughs> based on a manga by the author Katsuhiro Otomo who is also the director of the film this is his first film very first film and for as far as first attempts go wow it's not bad <laughs> yeah I'll say that it's not bad at all I mean, do, you, do you think that had anything to do with the fact that he was behind this from the start he could visually see how we wanted this to play out from well, a long time ago how much of a hit was the manga before the film was made it did pretty well as far as I'm aware, it was it was 
pretty popular. It wasn't a shonen manga, so yeah. it wasn't as popular as uh, amongst young boys. It was, I think, like a. <laughs> I love how just uh, by that laugh I can tell you got an image. Yeah. That is, that, <laughs> I think that is what Shonen means as well, young boy. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it was more. Who can believe that? You believe out. I think it was um, Sienan Sienan manga, which is like for young adults. Oh, what? Who published it? No, no, the genre. All right. Because in um, in Japan. I don't know whether you're familiar with this, Joe. I am But not. in Japan, pretty much... I'm fucking not. Everyone reads manga. I am aware of that. Pretty much everyone. Uh, like, adults, mothers, fathers. It's it's just a normal piece of entertainment like the television for them. See, I couldn't imagine that, personally, because I always assumed manga and anime... You know, I always assumed that was in the realm of Marvel, DC, and there within would have its own kind of audience so like Saturday morning cartoons and yeah. comic, like comic book fans yeah. this is how I yeah. this is how I pictured their as opposed to like football yeah. levels it's, of yeah. fandom yeah, yeah it's, it's a massive it's a massive yeah. industry um, and there's uh, there's a there's a manga for every age group you know which is incredible mm-hmm. but this was uh, aimed at the young adults and it did incredibly well um it's it's totally different in many ways to the anime, and uh, I've got to give props to props to Otomo because he had to butcher his own work into pieces to fit it into a two-hour time slot. This is two thousand pages. Is 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 manga? So how would you say he, you know, in in a fashion butchered it or Not cut butch- it down? Cut it down. So yeah, the film came out in nineteen eighty-eight. The manga wasn't completed until 1990. So, so he, he didn't have an ending. So he didn't have it's an a good job he Game did Thrones it. Is played out yeah, it's, in it's a way. Still running. Except only if um, George R. R. Martin directed all the episodes. Oh God, could you imagine? Oh, nothing, <laughs> nothing would get done. Noobs. Yeah. <laughs> At least the on-set food would be good, though. <laughs> Okay. Oh. <laughs> what there was left of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only release on Betamax. Have you seen the computer he writes on? No. It's like a, it's like it's com- it's like an eighties computer that they have no the amount of converters they have to go through to get the files from that computer to like a word document. <laughs> and he is, still uses it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that's what he's used to writing on. Because it started in the eighties and writing it. And basically, he's just never stopped. But that's what, I'm not sure if that's why it's so slow. But to it's one fair, of these black screens with green text, like a dollar system. Yeah, it, it, it's not Windows or anything like that. It's proper 80s. I still wow. genuinely picture like Stephen King behind a typewriter. I don't know why. It's kind of you. That's it, isn't it? I think yeah. it's because when you think of authors, you think of that, and when you think of anime people, and you just think of a crazed lunatic drawing pictures all day with no sleep. So the fact Welcome to my this, life. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that they, he created this um, and then carried on the manga thereafter, yeah. I mean, does that suggest there was more to the story? That there was, yeah. Many people would call Akira, the film, a companion piece to the manga. Yeah, it's in, in the world of and inspired by, but not... Yeah. Not. See, I think that's really interesting, because I know I like... When I when I take a media, I like it to be like a coherent universe, mm. like the MCU, DCU. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> or oh, you. But, yeah, or oh, you. Hey. <laughs> but and it's it's must be quite nice for the people who were into the manga at the time to get this film that 
didn't spoil the ending for them. Yeah. It was set in a world that they enjoyed reading about, but yeah. was a different, not a different story, but a different take on that story. I will say as well, his artwork is absolutely incredible as well. The detail in every single drawing he does in that manga is beyond belief. Take your word for that. I realise yeah. you're kind of looking at me approvingly yeah. and you know I do not have a dick in clue. See, see, I, think, I think me and you look at pictures and we're like, oh, it's pretty cool, but because you actually do that, yeah, he's yeah. An but you get you have so like another level of appreciation yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, the balls. The way that we can't, the way we can't appreciate it. I'll, I'll break this down. The life of a manga artist is horrific, right? I've seen the schedule that uh, the, the schedule. Dragon Ball Z guy did and it was... You get no time off. I mean, you get, you get, like you get two four, hours of, four hours of sleep a night at most, and you're working because the rest it, of the time. Because it has to come out every, every week. Every week, twenty-two pages of uh, comic book art and a story. It's all. It's all meetings. Do they have staff and They have assistants who uh, will do things like Cook, uh, clean. Do do a bit of it. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but uh, they do like uh, a bit of inking. They'll do um, like putting uh, some of the shading in place and the textures in the background sometimes. Okay. But for the most part, it's just the creator who does it all, and he has to manage creating the artwork, writing the story, and um, changing artwork and story if the editor for the magazine that he's publishing in doesn't approve. Ah, oh, that kind of sucks in a way. I mean, in in a sense, it's having really... that kind of complete creative control must yeah. be absolutely magnificent. But within that kind of short time frame, you can't even imagine. Well, it is one, suffering for your ass. That's I'm reading uh, Seraph at the end, mm. and that seems quite weird because it's actually the guy who draws it and the guy who writes it are two different people. Yeah, which, like in uh, Death Note. So, yeah, same so you've got that. the you've got the guy writing the manga, but he also writes like the light novels for it that tie in, yeah. and then he obviously writes the story and plots it out, and then just gives it to the artist and says, "Put your own spin on it." Yeah, but, which can be considered either easier or more difficult for the artist at least, because in effect the artist has two editors. Yeah, yeah, which means he's got more voices. That I don't know why I know why you'd want to go into it, but it just sounds. It's industry. It's, it's just, part of the the industry yeah, of Japan. Just, yeah. I mean, and their work at, ethic is insane anyway. I was going to say you look at their culture and the work yeah, ethic yeah. like off the scale as it is. Yeah, so. But sixty-hour weeks are like the like norm. The burnouts must be just huge. Well, yeah, and um, yeah. a common thing in Japan is people dying from overwork. Yeah, happens quite a lot. I think it's happened to manga artists in the past, like dying from overwork, not eating, not looking after themselves. Yeah. Um. Now they have the sense to be like, right, I'm getting burned out. Um. I'm putting a comic on hiatus for a couple of weeks, until I get catch up on a bit of sleep. Recover. Yeah. Recover. Take a bit more care of myself. Yeah, it can become. I imagine it could become as much of an obsession as a job. I mean, if you're that sort of involved and that committed, I, I could. I could easily imagine you kind of getting carried away and almost getting consumed by the beast. Oh yeah, easily. and also just living in your own like fancy world. Absolutely, and yeah. you're living and breathing it to the point of yeah. I think when you finish, you must feel really hollow. It's very difficult to look after relationships. I imagine like oh. friendships and any like parents, anything. Well, you have no time, do you? Yeah. You Even, do. I think you, you must eat while you work. Yeah. And stuff like that. I just have a mess. I think you find that of any any sort of profession in which people succeed in. I mean, I read a lot of autobiographies, and the first thing that always comes through once I've closed the book is, you know... I'm lazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that too, yeah. Like, Gen- genuinely. Yeah. 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 
But also, like, how many, like, other things have to go to the side. You know, yeah. it's relationships have to go. You know, friendships have to come second. Relationships have yeah, to come yeah, second. And those people within their lives have to uh, either willingly take a back seat or leave. Well, yeah. they just hope, you just hope that whatever you're obsessing over is good because you, you hope if that's successful, then you can find the rest later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, like, but, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Like, sleeping, like, four hours a night training at like five in the morning eating all that food and going back and training and not having any Working. real relationships and yeah uh, mm. putting all of his work into what he wants to be which I was the best thing in the world just to sleep faster <laughs> yeah <laughs> i need eight hours sleep yeah. <laughs> but like when i was watching uh uh oh, i can't remember the name pumping iron oh, and he was yeah. just he was just sleeping while he was with his mates yeah just sleeping on the just grass getting naps. just getting little naps yeah Oh, you got so, it. And we're getting off track here, aren't we? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, so, <laughs> in nineteen eighty eight, he released his film with um, this massive studio, which was called the Akira Committee, which was loads of different studios all in one. It was like Bandai, uh, Toho, uh, the Laser Disc Corporation, because it was made specifically yeah. for Laser Disc, mm-hmm. um, and uh, well, what's the other ones? Kadansha. And I can't pronounce half of these. Hakuhodo. Sumitomo. Yeah, there's loads of different corporations who all saw this property as something that could be great. And they came in to form the uh, Akira Committee. I know, I had a glance at the background. It it was the most expensive anime ever produced at the time. Yeah. With, what was it, nine nine million Mm. budget? Which was unheard of at that time, I think. Yeah, it was insane. Um, and also it was a first in animation the way that they recorded most animation they will um, film all the scenes you know uh, well animate all the scenes rather and then they'll get the voice actors in to um, speak their lines and to the, to the parts okay to the oh, voice right, flaps yeah. this one they recorded oh, not that it really made a difference to us because we watched the dub version mm-hmm. this one they um did all the voice acting first, recorded everything so it gets some natural um, acting between. Yeah. Between I think the. Pixar the fo- did that like if, about five years later, uh, with Toy Story. I'm sure they. Filmed, that been seven I know, years I later. I know they filmed the people like doing the voice lines. Yeah. And then put that into the animation. Yeah, a bit, a bit, it's quite common now. Yeah. How do you know when Toy Story was released? I know. I mean, five, seven years, years later. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, was you it like, ah, the nerd in me. <laughs> says the guy who just watched an anime film with me. Was it, <laughs> was it <laughs> 95? The false pretenses of chocolates and power. <laughs> was it 95? 95 Toy Story. So, so it might have been recorded a year so before. I, I was assuming it was a yeah. year or two before. Yeah. I mean, I'd actually... I think I've panicked. It might... It might, it might not be because it took them years to animate it. Yeah. Animate so, what? Yeah, Toy Story. Because it was the Again, we're getting off topic. So uh, this, is, this is like, I'm not going to get invited back. Yeah. Segway. Every, every time you guys have listened to these and you're always very on point and on topic. And I'm sure that's no well, part. What we're trying to do is I'm we're, Joe the Wrench Thrower. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we're, try, we're trying to change the format a bit because before we just talked through the plot of the film and then talked about like themes and stuff as we were going through... Whereas now we're going to have more of a conversation about the film with more points to yeah. hit. As Not opposed. so much recapping it. Yeah. yeah. But that, that, we might do that as like a separate thing possibly and have a quick run through. No, I like, I like that idea. But yeah, this it's a, we're trying something new. Yeah. It's a good I idea. mean, we, we need... Less editing for me. We also need to do that in this film because this film is 
batshit crazy. I mean, yeah, it's, for, it's a for two hour first, film. Yeah, and which go, isn't a long film. To really. go through a two hour film, scene by scene, when it moves this quick in parts, would yeah. would be here for three four hours. Yeah. Um, well, I want to go to sleep tonight. So yeah. So when and when I say that um, he uh, butchered his own uh, comic to make a film, he basically took all of the important bits and that left a lot out. It left a lot of character development out from other parts. Um, it, it lost the side stories yeah. and like just character development in because I had to move the plot. Yeah. Like which the, is very common. Um, I know I watched uh, The Kingdom of Heaven. They did a director's cut. And it's about half an hour long, but there's loads of side plot that cut out. Mm. And when I watched it, it was a different film because it had all these side stories and character developments cut out mm. because they wanted the film at a certain length. A and when you watch the director's original one, you're like, oh, okay, it's actually a better film. A lot of good, um, a lot of good films that have a director's cut are like that. Um, others that have a director's cut and aren't good. Not quite so much. Oh, <laughs> Spawn. <coughs> I was going to quote. Coffee got there, I was going oh, to quote uh, the the other way, like one that did work as being um, the Batman vs Superman made more sense with the director's cut. Yeah, I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying it made more sense. Daredevil movie. And I was the other one I was going to say. I like the Daredevil film. I, I, I don't mind. It. I didn't mind. I, I, love, I like the director's cut. Yeah, I haven't seen. I've never seen that. I, I've seen the director's cut was great. Um, the film when you watch the film. Original film back, not so much. Anyway, Akira. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you, are, you are laser focused this time. Yeah. Normally it's you that's like off on the side. Yeah. It's just me yeah. and Joe just like, let's talk about anything but. Because I'm like, I'm, there's a lot of pressure because I'm the only one who yeah, knows a lot about pretty, this film. Today is the J show. The J show. Well, J boy. When, when isn't it, to be honest? Because let's face it, I, I'm just here to say words. You're here because you know a bit more about movie structure and how the shot. And Again, he's here because I, he knows everything about the content. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, when when we talk about film structure and lighting and all the rest, and, how, and we have talked about this kind of thing on Dread, yeah. you know, the use of the camera shots or the lighting, and this is again when I when this movie finished, I turned to his both and I said, I'm genuinely worried about talking about this because everything shifts, the cultural style. Yeah. Everything. It is a whole new world. Yeah. yeah it's a whole new world. But I think it's. Yeah, I don't know exactly what you're <laughs> quoting. I think it's Disney. Yeah. It is. <laughs> I think it's interesting because watching this, thinking that it came out in '88, a lot of the shot styles of it that weren't used at the time have seeped into more Western yes. stuff now, and it's quite interesting seeing that how much it actually brought over. Yeah. But I want to talk about the voice cast. Yes. Um, well, first of all, when we're going back to the background as well, I just want to say the animation, right? Yeah. The, another groundbreaking part of it was that it was 24 frames per second. Now, that doesn't sound a lot in a film context, but when you talk about animation, especially um, mostly hand-rendered animation like this, you got to bear in mind that's 24 drawings a second. Yeah. You know, not but just. But you can, I think you can tell because it is so smooth. Oh, motion. it's ridiculous. Motion, motion. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the motion. <laughs> the motion. Uh, tw- yes, yeah. it, it, it's beautiful. Is, is it human eye can only pick up like twenty four? Oh, that was forty eight. Is it forty eight? I know, I know. Like, so I come from a video game background. Hmm. Like, because you do it, get sixty. Uh, you can 60 see, FPS, you can see the difference between the thirty and the sixty. Yeah. everyone it, it gets locked at thirty most often. Hmm. But they try, everyone likes it at 60 because it's a lot smoother. And you can go up to like 110, 120 on good yeah. computers. But it's interesting because you never think of like TV and animation and films. Of, they are at a slower rate. Because mm. I know 
I went to watch uh, one of the Hobbit films in the high frame rate, and it was it was a bit weird watching it in a higher. Fr- I think it was thirty six, and it's normally shot at twenty four. Yeah. And it, it was weird seeing it at a higher frame rate. I've heard it's a bit mad like. It, it's not. It's odd. It's just you just not. It's, you're not used to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, but, but this the amount uh, of work that must have gone into. Oh, doubling that up was definitely shown in the quality of the movie. Yeah, I mean, th- there was a bit early on where it's just um, the dogs chasing that guy near the beginning. Yeah. And uh, the way they move when one dog like, stumbles and straightens itself out and runs, it's like, that didn't even need to be in there. No. That's just showing off how good the frame rate and animation is. That's <laughs> all that's doing. How but, much of that is, though, because the creator of this whole franchise yeah. was the director so yeah, was he demanding that kind of level of attention through the whole maybe it's possible I know he did have a lot of creative control the studio didn't interfere too much which um, I think many many comic movie studios should probably take note of that <laughs> yeah Warner Brothers <coughs> yeah, yeah they, they should leave the creators to do the creating <laughs> I love the smoke you had that like yeah. <laughs> Mine was like, I'm not committing to this. I one day want to work for you. <coughs> Marvel, please hire me. <laughs> Just to stand there. <laughs> Just to bring coffee to yeah. Kevin Feige. That's all I want to do. Just stroke Thor's beard. I'll do anything. It's fine. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you wanted to get on the voice actors? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't the wrench then. Woohoo! Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, I was just jumping the gun. Um, uh, no, the reason I want to look at the voice actors because it, it's quite interesting that this has two separate English dubs yes. as well as the original Japanese. Yeah, it had dub. the streamlined dub from 1991 and it had the. Um, is it 91? 89, sorry. Streamlined dub from 1989 and the Pioneer dub from 2001. Um, I've only fully watched the Pioneer dubs and I've, I've done that maybe eight times maybe ten times at most yeah. that I've seen this film um, I've never watched the Japanese one um, even though I'm trying to get a little bit more into subtitled because it's more natural I think this was such a visually huge film that yeah. if you were constantly reading the subtitles yeah. they might pull something away from that I, I think maybe, maybe for my ninth or tenth time I can do I, it I did we'll it see. with Batman Ninja after I'd watched it dubbed I watched it subbed because it is a different story actually in that mm. but you get something with how it was designed to be, and yeah. then someone dubbing over is different. Well, the way Japanese mannerisms are different, aren't they, than the West? Yeah. So when when they say things, it sometimes you, you pick up that it means something else. Well, it's like, but you have to match them mouth flaps in the dub, so you have to slightly change the the story. <laughs> <laughs> you said mouth flaps and jaws, they just drop. I'm meant to be uh, the immature I one. Know, I'm such a fucking child, I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn it. I've got a whiskey called Knob Creek and I didn't stop giggling for weeks. <laughs> you need to stop stealing my gimmick. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm immature, you. not you. Now go to your room. <laughs> Think about what I've you told you a thousand times, don't exaggerate. <laughs> <laughs> um... But but yeah, so I've only watched the streamlined dub, and it has some of my absolute favourite anime voice actors in it. Yeah, like uh, Canada is played by Oh Canada, yeah. my proud and native protagonist. Oh, so we, all, we all were hearing that pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Every second they kept shouting Canada, yeah. and Kaz just kept bursting out. Oh it's Canada! Even, I've seen some clips from the uh, streamlined dub, and it's even worse than that. It sounds like Canada. Oh, oh, just, uh, the other one, the original dub, yeah. yeah. Uh, but 
Canada in uh, this one is voiced by Johnny Young Bosch, who um, his main role that he's well known for now is Ichigo in Bleach, but he was also the second Black Power Ranger as well. There seems to be. I, I know mm. we had a quick look through all the actors, and there seems to be very much a like Power Rangers seems to link a lot of these together, mm. as does Bleach, Naruto. Like they obviously did a lot of dub work. Yeah. For well, insert name here, Pioneer. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, then you've got the character of Tetsuo, who was voiced by Joshua Seth, who is the voice of Tai from Digimon. That's what he's most well known for. And he's, good. <laughs> he's, uh, well, he's got such a distinct voice. Like I, When I first watched um, uh, Akira, I hadn't seen Digimon for a couple of years. Yeah. Because I, I, have, I have fond mem- memories of getting Akira. Um, and well, you, Joe did it with, was it the Colonel? Yeah. You did it with someone and they played Zed in Power Rangers and it took you, you were like, I know that voice. That was, Why yeah, do I know that, that voice? Distinct, it was, uh, no, yeah. it was one of the terror, uh, the revolutionary Oh, it was, the, it was one yeah. of the, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, that yeah, was funny. that voice is so iconic. Like, I just hear it straight away. I was like, that's Ty. Yeah. And uh, then the voice of Kay is uh, Wendy Lee, who was Faye Valentine in. Um, Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop, yeah. So it's some really prolific voice actors. Those are just the main three. It's a huge cast. It's absolutely massive, the amount of voice talent that's in there. But You can really see as well that I, I think the cast very much went out, like did a very, very good job compared to the original English yeah. dub, which I'm not saying they didn't do a good job. It was just for its time. Yeah. Whereas the comparison's really funny. Ooh, story time. Story time with Jay. Okay. Why did you pat your knees? <laughs> because I've got some Werther's Originals in my pocket, so you need to sit on my knee. While I, yeah, there we go. Oh, all right. This isn't a video podcast, but... <laughs> um, Put you down. <laughs> have this Werther's Original and this stick. <laughs> um, so what, the, my 15th... There's an editing. Yeah. My 15th birthday, right, was... Uh, in the build-up to that, I was getting into anime... Yeah. I'd been watching Dragon Ball Z. I'd uh, seen Ninja Scroll on a friend's taped VHS off a German channel. Oh, hello. <laughs> watching you strip in the corner, it's quite weird. Mr. <laughs> President. Sorry. <laughs> um, it is warm, like. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join him. So I have to restart your story there. I yeah. apologise. So, it's all right. My 15th birthday, I go to HMV with my cousin who looked about he's three weeks younger than me but he looked about 18 at the time yeah. um, you've met him anyway you know uh, um, and uh, I went to buy Akira because I was like right finally I can get Akira from birthday money I've heard great things about this movie I need to go see it so I went in and he said you're old enough mate the cashier and I was like yeah yeah it's my birthday today and I was like sorry bud and I was like oh, oh I was gutted I went I went out and our Luke just went, leave it to me. 14 year old, six foot three or whatever he is, six one, <laughs> uh, with a beard, goes in, g- gets the DVD for me, uh, comes back and said, oh, and as I was leaving, I told him, actually, mate, I'm 14. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember my first viewing of this, I was so confused. Like, I literally did not know what was going on. And the confusion's not... never stopped to this day. Oh, no, I get it now. But it was... Um, I'm confused about other things now. Like, 
like my sexuality. Um, <laughs> I was going to make that joke that I thought. Yeah, I thought I'd get in there first. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> That's how he became confused. <laughs> <laughs> Tours meant to go up, buns. <laughs> yeah. That's an editing. <laughs> I, I honestly believe Haz is just compiling a psychological yeah. profile of <laughs> As I said to. Uh... <laughs> Wait until the outcuts thing that yeah. leaks like in 20 years. Yeah, of course, when you finally edit it. <laughs> Mar- Marvel comic writer. Shade, 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 shade. Marvel comic writer has been hit with all these accusations. <laughs> Audio files included. <laughs> no! <laughs> he has Madeleine McCann in his cellar. He I... said it in this podcast. <laughs> I apologise for this 20 year go- years yeah. ago. I'm still apologising, but unfortunately I can't draw Guardians of the Galaxy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be James Gunn. Now I'm going to do the sequel to the Suicide Squad comic. Hey, I'm looking forward to that. That might be quite I'm good. I'm looking forward to that. That might be good. Yeah, so the first... Why did you make this alley? He just like insulted his girlfriend there. <laughs> kind of like, no, I'm looking forward to that, actually. I'll have you nerve. <laughs> you silly bastard. Ah, oh, we're, we're really... Yeah, Joe is just like the wrench monkey here. Yeah, yeah. I'm a completely <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> um, so... The first time I watched this, I was uber confused because it's just so much information and visual stimulation chucked at you. Um, I just, I'm just remembering your story that you just said, and when you were like, "Are you old enough?" When you went, "It's my birthday," I'm just thinking that like, you didn't say that. What he heard was, "It's my birthday," <laughs> and then after you watched it, just sitting there going, "What? I'm 15 years old. I'm a real boy." <laughs> and when and when he said no, I went. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he went. After my porn, I grew uh, a full-on fucking Gandalf uh, beard that moment. Uh, <laughs> uh, if I could animate, I'd draw. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's my fondness of that. So yeah, um, where, where to next? <laughs> I want to talk about the music. Um, yes. it, particularly the music, but yeah. it was amazing. It was Boom. nightmarish. It was. It's a bomb. I hear it so much sometimes. Oh, I'm just doing the music. Are you there? Are you? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the music was incredible. Yeah, it's it. It's not a soundtrack that you can listen to by itself. I don't think. Like there's plenty of music you can listen to that from films that you can listen to by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, John Williams music springs to mind straight away. Danny Elfman music. Yeah. You, you could listen to that just in the background, but imagine you're like in you're, you're trying to do some work, and in three seconds of silence followed by, boom. Yeah, it was like the xylophone esque. Yeah. It was. It was. It really set the scene because you knew it was going to go down as soon as it went silent, because it did ev- all the sounds made because there was nothing competing with them in those scenes. It did make it stand out better. Yeah, I thought the use of silence in this film as well. Yeah, absolutely. Just mm-hmm. there were moments that I thought that the sound bar had turned itself off <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, there was a That's moment in the show where the screen went black, and I was like, oh ah, shit, I didn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But it does. It really does just show you exactly what it wants to show you. Makes you listen, hear exactly what it wants to let you hear. Yeah. Do, and yeah, it was just incredible. Like there was lots of like acapella, like 
chanting almost, yeah. and like layering of that. And that was really incredible instead of them using instruments. Yeah. Which had a big was, effect on it. It was a big collective, you said, as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I looked it up. It was a collective of like hundreds of people, but these aren't musicians, these hundreds of people. They're like doctors, engineers, and stuff like that. Mm. Just everyday people who obviously just had a passion for it. And they were the ones that like helped produce the soundtrack, this collective. I bet they got paid in exposure as well. Ah, uh, it's the favourite <laughs> way to pay anyone. Yeah. What's paid in exposure? <laughs> Let me show you. <laughs> it looks like. <laughs> I was hoping it was an actual term. No, it is. No, it, it is. is yeah. I was no. just making a, a joke. When, when, when people say... Don't, don't. Right, neither one of you are then to go, no, it's an actual term and whip your dick out. Right? No. <laughs> if Put you, that away, Jamie. If, you, if you're an artist or creative <laughs> or something like that and you get asked to do something for someone who doesn't want to pay any money, they always say, think of the exposure. I'll put it, I'll put I, it up and mention your I'll name. I'll put it up and mention your name and you're getting to get exposure. And it's like it's become something of a meme now. It's, it's like, ooh, exposure dollars, my favourite. Yeah. That'll put food on the table. Yeah. It's in the same way it's as like, oh, I've got, an artist, only... I've got an artist friend. He, yeah. He'll be able to draw a picture for me for free. Yeah. That'll help support him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the only profession. Like, you never see a fucking plumber go, think of the exposure. What, to shit? <laughs> <laughs> think of the exposure. Like, what, I expo- your pipe yeah, leaking? That, that yeah, plumber gets think... exposed to shit enough. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Like the electrician, like change changes wiring for me, like for free. You think of the exposure? I'll tell all my friends what that I'll do it from now. You <laughs> fucking knob. <laughs> it, it's it's just funny. Worst part is when companies do it. Yeah, big yeah. companies that have money or mm-hmm. big like self-employed people who you know have a good income will say that kind of shit. I've seen like, a few. I've seen a few. Uh, you're a piece you, of big, shit, mate. Uh, big YouTube companies of. Yeah, you know, they constantly say that to like small creators. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, we'll do exposure. It's like really. No. Yeah. You, you know we see. That. We see through your lies. Indeed. Yeah. Hmm. Pay us a fuck off. And then they fuck off and we cry. No, no we don't. I, I, I don't anymore. When someone asks me to do a job and they want either, even if they are willing to pay, but they're not willing to pay a lot, I'm like, fuck off. Well, not fuck off, because I want them to come back if they want to pay me back. Yeah, if they did have But I'm like, ah, oh, sorry, can't, no. Well, that's it, you can, you can cut like a major rates deal, but you're not going to do it for now. Yeah. Or pittance. you still got yeah. you still got to get paid. Yeah. Gats to get paid. Yeah. Gats to get paid. I've got to get my crack addiction, man. Or in the case of this film, my capsule addiction. Capsule addiction. Yeah. yeah. So, um, back to the music and audio, there was... Um, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Apparently, my phone, the BBC has contacted my phone. Oh God! There were a couple of things, right? Okay, give me the name of the guy who, um, you know, looks out at the end. Oh, Tetsuo. 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 There were moments when he appeared through the, you know, the smoke and the ash, and the music did serve in that very cliched way oh. to heighten him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm the bad guy. Ta la la, here's my music. Ta la la, you know, and it's you know it's very effective. Um, yeah, I like your music now, joke. Can I pay you an exposure? <laughs> <laughs> you have that shy for free. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's gonna be the new opening to podcast. That's the thing. Other music for the opening should just be all of us going, boom, <laughs> boom. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that is the one. <laughs> you never know. But yeah, the, uh, the audio really did 
help in this film greatly. Yeah, it was mind blown. Speaking of when you were going, uh, talking about um, Tetsuo going, I am the villain, la da 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 da. Hmm. You had a few questions about who was the hero in this story as well. Massively. I mean, what I asked was how you viewed. I mean, predominantly, I, I identified a main character. But I couldn't, even for though like 1988 and you know the 90s, where over here establishing a good guy was very important. And to me, I I saw him as a main character. This Canada, guy. <laughs> oh Canada, yeah. I saw him as a main character. However, I did not see him as a character I identified with, sympathised with, rooted for. Tetsuo. Uh, in a lot of in a lot of ways, that's kind of what I feel would generally be associated with a hero um and again i've i love a lot of things which move away from that you know the punishers the anti-heroes whatever it is um but what i found interesting was i i turned to both of you and i went how do you see him as a hero i want to take this one okay right so the reason i call him a hero is it's about scope he on a day-to-day level you would not call a hero he's in a bike gang into violence just Casually bimbling along. Bit, bit of a thug, but yeah. we're not on about the day-to-day calling him a hero. It's that, in that moment... Or the context was, of the story. Yeah, in the context. He was standing up to the bad guy and doing quite heroic deeds. He was much, saving, le- much less powerful the than the villain as well. So I'd, mm-hmm. I'd say in that aspect he was the hero. I'm not saying you got to sympathise with him, yeah, yeah. but he wasn't an anti-hero... And I guess in the traditional sense, he wasn't a hero. Yeah. He was just the protagonist. Yeah, he was. There, which, yeah. well, you said yeah. it's the main character. Mm-hmm. But I would say you're not meant to. He's just a bit of a goofball, and you all, you've all, we've all known someone a bit like that in our yeah. lives. But when he's it got came some, to it, he's got some good qualities though as well. When you think about the character of Canada, he's an obvious leader. You know, he leads the bike gang. He's the first to take charge. He's re- he's headstrong, and he obviously I think, cares yeah, a lot. I think they tried to his... build a little bit of sympathy in like the last few scenes yeah. for him actually. Yeah. In those like flashbacks, mm. and I think that's what it was almost trying to do because it was like, hey, I just got here as well. He and hates was, bullies as well. Yeah. Bit, and it was yeah. Trying I to really build... could have done with that scene being earlier in the film. I know that sounds picky, but there there are certain. That's why I, I was saying like it felt really late. It felt really late that, to that do for that. Me would have built him mm. up in a way. But this comes into what you were saying. When you said, "Oh, this is a film that merits rewatching a few times," yeah, because you still think multiple viewings, yeah. and mm-hmm. I think that's very much as if you watched it. If we watched it again, we might feel differently about him. Yeah, but you definitely notice new. With things, me and Joe it? just watching it once, I I got the thing of I said he was the hero because he did heroic deeds, as opposed to actually liking him as a character. I will say that um, I I would call both Tetsuo and Canada the two leads. Yes. Rather than it being a hero villain thing, mm. because you follow Tetsuo a lot on his journey, and he makes the most transformation throughout the entire story. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, I'd say he's the most sympathetic. You know, he's if in the bike and he, he's a runt of the litter. Yeah. You know, he's um, there's there's a big section in it when um, he said, "Yeah, I've been beaten before, but I won't always be on the receiving end." You know. He's sick of being pushed around. It's all circumstances, isn't his it? Transformation, yeah. And um, I think again with the ending with the flashbacks, where I, as I said, it may, it kind of gives some moral authority to uh, Canada. Uh, Tetsuo 
also got a bit of sympathy because you saw he was downtrodden and that. But also when the, when it was transformed to the big beast, he was kind of saying, "I can feel a pain," almost saying, "Yeah, it's not me." Yeah. And I thought that was an interesting spin suddenly because that almost was trying to get you to feel sorry for him. Yeah. Which was up to that point, you're kind of like, oh, he's just an arrogant fool. And then you start to think about it. I mean, I felt sorry about from the entire way through the film. I but did, maybe that's I, it is because I've watched it so many times. That, that's the difference. Joe? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, the, the thing you have pointed out rather well is the fact that a hero is not necessary. You know, in many in, ways, in, in the story, it's not. I, mean, I don't think. It, it, I think probably when we. I, I know when I used. It, I probably used it wrong. But I said it said he was the hero. Yeah. It's like well, it's heroic, way, he did yeah. heroic things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which you just now now call him a hero is is the kind of the stereotype we infer. But... And also, he's kind of like that uh, sort of working class hero in a way, isn't he? Yeah. He's you know he's not. It's a circumstantial hero. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to a superhero. That's yeah. a circumstantial hero. I got one of them off my rabbi when I was a kid. Fuck <laughs> 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 What? Moving on. <laughs> um, I'd say in many ways, um, the character of K is probably the real hero of the piece when you think about it as a character, because um, she's the one who is actually she, she's in a revolutionary group. She's wanting change from this obviously corrupt government, which is another part of the story which we'll get into later. And um, she's incredibly brave, and she doesn't seem to have any of the flaws that. Maybe Canada and Tetsuo do. Well, there's the moment when she kills the cop when they're yeah. chasing her, and she's shocked by it. Yeah. And I, that was quite interesting because again, you get that. That was a brutal kill as it, well. It was, and it, but it was like a necessary thing in the yeah. film. Yeah. And mm. you see, like the shock, she's really stunned by yeah. what she's just done, and then Canada's like, "Like, come on, come on, you'll be fine." Even though she did just stuck stick that pig. So, how would you view <laughs> the film? How would you view the female characters, like by and large? Well, she she was very strong, Kay, I'd say. Um, as for Carrie, uh, she was more there to be sort of an anchor point, I think, for Tetsuo. I think she was there to humanise him a little bit I more. Felt it suffered with the. I think, I mean, she's a suffering girlfriend, believe me. Massively. I think I, I I'm gonna move it on to trope a little bit because I felt it was a bit. It has the same thing all anime has of it. Didn't have that many strong female leads yeah. in the sense that it, it, it could have been that it was almost like for love interest almost friendship yeah that it could have been anyone and it had no real impact on she got fucked up as well yeah she's a totally different character in the manga though see see that's what I was I don't maybe not even, not that. for the better though oh right right uh, okay so here's the thing in the manga it, around about that point where Tetsuo freeze frees Akira I put in quotation marks, is um, it's not just the the bits of brain and stuff. It actually is a powerful young boy in cryo sleep. Right. And when he releases him, basically Tetsuo becomes like the Darth Vader to Akira's Palpatine. Yeah. You know, he becomes his top lieutenant, and um, they they start the Empire of Japan, where they try to take over from there. Right. And uh, Tetsuo gets a harem of women given to him. Took and me a second to work through what the words I said that was harem. It's the same word. <laughs> and um, we're basically sex slaves he gets given to him. And uh, one of them, his favourite one is Kaori. And she's the one who feels most for him. And she's the one that uh, tries to reach him in his most troubled times. Because mm. um, another theme is that was 
alluded to in the film, but not so much, and is massively prevalent in the manga, is that Tetsuo is a drug addict. He needs the capsules to keep him uh, like relatively sane. Right. Because uh, the, the, in the film didn't really show that at all. No, no. Capsule in in the film, capsules are just a street drug. Right. But the doctor does mention um, at one point we'll put uh, when when Tetsuo goes into yeah. fir- first gets taken on. Is like we'll give him these. I don't know, level five capsules. Level seven. Right. Level seven capsules. So they're obviously they're on stronger doses. Yeah. Than uh, what the street drug is. I think he just didn't have time to really put that into the film. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see like a three-hour version of it, like see how much more story they would have put in. Yeah. Because I mean, now well, I'd so love a Netflix s- series, mm-hmm. like a Netflix ten-part anime adaption. Uh, I think that'd be amazing. Uh, I don't trust Netflix to handle that kind of thing anymore. After, well, Death Note. No, I, that's why I said. Are you that mentally scared? You forgot it. That's why I said an anime adaption. Fair and, and not a movie, a ten episode. Did they, were they the ones thing. that adapted Bleach, or did they just buy Bleach they to just show? Bought, they just bought Bleach right. to show. I'm, yeah. I'm glad because if they'd have done both of them like that, then oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm amazed they did so well with Marvel when they had it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that's the last bit on the female side that I'd say. But you want to move on to the tropes, didn't you? Yeah, I'm just interested because I, I, I did comment while we were watching it that when you watch all the films like this, it's hard to... You watch stuff and you go, oh, it's just like, ah, oh, it's in every film, that's just a trope. Like, and I just wonder how much of like those tropes that are in this it actually created. Right, okay. Because like, coming, like, I know there's a lot in that culture of those tropes, but some of them, like you, you, I've seen in films since... Yeah, but I, I can't necessarily say I saw in films that were before. Wh- that. Which ones were you thinking? Which you saw and thought, "Oh, that's a, like, that's so, a show." The I did really comment. There were moments where, like, almost drag, like the Dragon Ball esque, where like, I, pauses and certain points, and the overly long pauses are the way it looked and the way it handled the military, for example. Mm. And I, I know the military side. Japan has a w- weird relationship with its military, but. It's it's hard to narrow it down to one is the problem. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those I noticed them when I did it, but I didn't write them down. I will say the tropes that it took before anything is that for one thing, it opens up with a massive explosion. <laughs> Japan, the bomb. Yeah, that's a massive trope with them. They're, you go, go back to Godzilla. Uh, you yeah. know, got in the fifties, forties, and fifties. That was born through the fear of the bomb. You know, and what it did to them, how how it changed the entire Japanese culture. I did that completely, yeah. And um, that continued for a long time. Nuclear power was a big source of it, and explosions and everything like that. So, this film really took that into a different context. I know it's like it very much opened up with, oh, we've already had a third world war by this yeah. point to justify almost an authoritarian nature. Yeah. I know the film tried to, as a theme, tackles authoritarianism versus diplomacy, yeah, and like dem- democracy, because yeah, you had the colonel at one point actually commenting, "Oh, they're just a bunch of corrupt politicians and capitalists," and cap- basically saying, "Oh, it's not like it's better under the iron rule of a strong leader than all these people who have nothing to gain from it but money for themselves." Yeah, and I thought that was really interesting. Like, also. As a troll, some of the character designs. 
So, for example, the politician who was funding the resistance. And Nezu. Yeah, he yeah. had a real like weasel-esque look with like yeah. the buck tooth mm. and drawn face. And there was a few times like that, like where the colonel, the colonel was t- obviously a very big, strong man, strong yeah. jawline. Yeah. And you had the looks a bit like Zangief. You had the guy who was talking to like the, some of the other people, like the accountant looked overly nerdy. Mm. J- J- John James Jonathan yeah. there, shouting his head off with his small little Hitler moustache, yeah. and just a lot of the designs did feel quite trope-like. Mm. And I'm not sure if that is just drawn because drawn from the manga because that's how they draw them in the manga, and that was like an established thing at the time. Yeah, because still now on the new manga, I've noticed they very much do. Yeah, that. I mean, some old men all have the same kind of drawn look. Yeah, because they must be wise. There, there, there are some things mm. that are just. Um, in manga and anime, that are universal, and the way, that's the way they're going to stay. The big eyes, yeah. you know. I mean, the eye sizes are much smaller in this than they would be in, say, a shoujo. Fe- that's a young female yeah. ma- uh, anime or manga. But for for a male manga, it was actually some there was some realistic body proportions in it, you know. I know. Um, I noticed all through it actually that Teto's eye seemed really small compared to his head. Yeah, well, that's because it's sharp, sharp eyes, sharp yeah. eyebrows, sharp face, um, and uh, with Canada, he has more of like a softer face, you know, more rounded. Um, that's another way you can always tell that the protagonist and the antagonist mm. in, in animation. Well, I noticed when he was in the police station, they drew him very schoolboy esque with the neat hair and like the real. Yeah, yeah. Form. And then you have the, the people, his gang behind him who were drawn like. No, they were normally in the film. Yeah. Apart from him, I was like, ah, oh, that's quite funny actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Com- combed his hair down. He combed his hair down with the big cheesy grin and yeah. just yes sir, yes sir, oh, no yes sir, that's <laughs> right. And it was, it's yeah, it was funny, but it, it it's always interesting that how anime does have to draw so much from the manga. Yeah. Because that's its source material. Essentially, it's the same kind of art. It's a storyboard for many scenes. Yeah. You know? I imagine it's a it's a type of mechanism that allows you to understand what's going on and how you could easily identify. As you said, there's so many actors, uh, voice actors in this, so many characters in this, that you must have to rely a certain amount on these kind of mechanisms. As you said, the character over there kind of looked weasley. This one. The religious guys is the other one that's as well. Like, Massively. When yeah. you have those, like, the religious guys. The religious the lady. Feet. It's a female. Um, voiced by a man. Voiced by a man. And in the, like a dude. <laughs> and in the manga, it's a much bigger character because she's also one of the psychics. Right. She's a, a, an experiment from much earlier. So, just talking about psychics, I'll talk about. Yeah, that's call, a, that's call it the supernatural effects or that kind of. Yeah, I mean, the big thing for me, obviously, not having seen anything like this before, and I mean literally nothing, no manga, no anime, no background, and I think everyone's it, like, why are you fucking talking about it then? Because, I mean, I mean with, I've with got Death nothing Note, You watched slide. Death Note, didn't you? Oh, yeah, you good watched, point, yeah. You watched Death Note, and that was your like, introduction true. to it, almost. Yeah, I mean, that's been like a year ago now, but yeah, ever since, obviously, I've not re-immersed myself in it at all. Definitely not something I'm familiar with, but... My question to you, uh, to both of you, was just how the East and West approach these kind of, you know, these types of themes, like the supernatural or the romantic elements. Or yeah. I mean, the romantic elements of Westwood yeah. have a totally different approach to it. Um, because this was based on a manga for young boys, um, it's not going to approach romance so much. Um, 
you know, it's going to like hint at it. feel very high schooly kind of, hey, what yeah. are you doing? My name's Well, they are Canadian. high schoolers as well. Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Canadian. Want to go out with me? Round in the boots. <laughs> hey, guy, you want to go out there? I'll take you on a date, huh? <laughs> All of a sudden, his head starts flapping. How about some I'm not your girlfriend, guy. <laughs> I'm not your romantic interest, buddy. <laughs> um, so, I think in... Um, well, it's kind of like in uh, Death Note, in a way, because the way that in the Netflix horrific thing that we watched approach that is was to make them like proper romantically linked getting off all the time and stuff yeah. like that whereas the same i don't think we watched when he got to that character in um the anime but that same female character in the anime it's obsessive she's obsessive she's chasing him but he doesn't really do anything with her you know yeah he's, he's interested in what he's doing with the death note yeah and um, yeah i've noticed like they don't do romance in japan it doesn't translate well across and if they do it involves tentacles it seemed very, uh, very tacked on, almost secondary to anything. I love how you can just breeze over what he just said. It's like you, <laughs> you just, just have to. You just blanked <laughs> it out. They've known me long enough. That's what is it? Like, you didn't even smirk. You were just, you just were like, I'm just going to continue and pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> Captain High Ground. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Captain Faggot. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Anyway. <laughs> I'm moving on. I'm tell I'm not used to this kind of level of abuse. Yeah, well, no. Gonna say you should, <laughs> gonna say you should not, be. Not the fashion of at all. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so yeah, um, cock swoggling dick fart. What? How do you I swoggle a cock? I don't know. I don't know what swoggling means. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> don't Google swoggling. <laughs> That could be anything. Okay, I'm not going to do that. Okay. Oh, just, gonna... Anyway, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm not going to do that unless it's on incognito mode. I was going to say, yeah, I'm dead. What is cock swoggling? Siri, what is cock swoggling? Siri, what is cock swoggling? Cock swagging. I'm sorry, you have a three-day ban. <laughs> <laughs> it's continuing. Sorry, you have Did you accidentally summon me? <laughs> is that what it is? Is that what it is? <laughs> no, Siri. What is swaggling? Here is what I found. Is that Swaddling. Is an age-old practice of wrapping infants in blankets oh, yeah, no, or similar that's cloths. That's yeah, that's not swoggling. I don't think swoggling's a word. I don't think so. Oh, well done. You've invented something. Hooray! Yeah. Hey! <laughs> Born of the frustration that I can't come up with a decent comeback. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, where wow. we go? Oh, we're on about the supernatural out. Well, the East versus West. Yeah, um, absolutely. The first thing that jumped out at me was the creepy little kid, um, child... All, I mean, first of all, is an animation was unbelievably creepy. All of them. Um, I wonder if it's a Japan thing because it reminded the grudge. me. It reminded me of uh, mm. the Namics in Dragon Ball. It oh, only yeah. just came to me yeah, there. The, the, like, like that drawn feature and like yeah. yeah, a little bit, yeah. And and also when you've got like the grudge, the kid in the grudge. Yeah, they have a thing. I mean, thing for creepy children, you know. I thought you were going to say they have a thing for children. And I, was <laughs> it's, get, it's, I was getting ready with the edit button. A thing yeah. for creepy children and um, 
like uh, I suppose we do in the West as well because we've got like the Omen and stuff. Mm, Kids yeah. are just creepy. I think I've, I think yeah. we can all Kids agree with that. Kids can be creepy, and they have. I think it's easier to be freaked out by a kid because that perceived innocence. Yeah, but as well as and that old man face on them as well. That was what I was going to say. Yeah. It's like the juxtaposition. You've got like a child, a child's voice, a child's stature, with like a wrinkly, um, almost like diseased-looking face. Like yeah. that you'd associate with somebody. Well I thought they looked a bit like a husk, like yeah. quite a dried husk. Yeah. Like both, the moisture just been sucked out. Of yeah, them. both of them, like both of those images put together, really kind of freaked me out. <laughs> And then at the end where Tetsuo says, um, put me on medicine to dry me out, make me look old like those kids. Yeah. You see that bit? No. That's yeah. when the, the colonel approaches them in the uh, the Olympic Stadium. Oh, that bit, yeah. yeah. So he goes, yeah, no way. So that's pretty much how it happened to them. They have to be on this medication to control their powers. And uh, They're on some pretty good Prozac. They're on some good shit, man. <laughs> um, and uh, that, that sort of keeps them the way they are. Hmm. Um, it's it is creepy. I'll give you that. And the first few times I watched it, it did sort of freak me out a little bit. No. But it's also really, really different in a way. Like it's not something you'd expect, and I think that's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. Um. So, oh, um, there's something I forgot to touch on when it comes to tropes and themes as well, what? which might surprise you. Tetsuo is an allegory for the economy of Japan. How so? Okay. So, well, the, the post-war economy of Japan. Right. Put right. that way. So, when it comes to Japan after the war, they're the littlest dog in the fight. They're absolutely downtrodden. You said they weren't allowed an army. They just... Yeah, they, it was called a defence force. Yeah, so they, they couldn't go overseas. They just had to something to sort of look after themselves. Yeah. That's all. Um, and they also... They, they owed all this money as well. They had to sort of pay damages in effect, didn't they, to the Western countries that yeah. they were at war Repatriations, with. Repatriations, basically. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was, uh, there, there were an all-time law in terms of the, how they all, all the people felt in Japan, basically. It's why their money is like, like a thousand, uh, like a thousand yen, yen for whatever. Or 10,000 yen is like a pound because of the inflation they suffered. Yeah. They just it. printed more money for a bit, which doesn't work. Germany had it before World War Two. Yeah. Um, Venezuela has it now. Yeah, uh, it's you try to print more money, it becomes worthless. Yeah, yeah. but because of um, because of the the war, um, no, no, since the war, sorry, they've uh, had the biggest boom in the economy from nineteen forty five up to when uh, when like the the film was made. Or just or before that, the eighties. Yeah. They had the a massive boom. They became the most technologically advanced. You know, they uh, their economy started to get better. That people could have own their own home while having a job. Everything got really good for them. And the worry of the creator, from what I've heard, is that he didn't want Japan to end up like these other nations that were so powerful and so authoritarian and imperialist. That was his worry, and that's what Tetsuo is. Which is interesting. He becomes Japan's so powerful. Been in one of the longest recessions in the world since. Yeah. Like it was on like a twenty odd year recession. Yeah. And I think they only just broke it. Yeah. But it, um, uh, Tetsuo starts out Don't as, quote me as the run of the litter at the start of the film. He's broken down. He's he can't get a break. You know, um, he's the littlest dog in the fight, 
and he gains power so rapidly. When when the doctor said he's gain his his power's increasing yeah. so quickly, that is what uh, the author is talking about when he speaks about the Japanese economy. That is interesting. So that's exactly what Tetsuo is, which is really smart, I think. Yeah. I think the best comics have that kind of parallel to something. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, at mo- most things, if if it can draw on something like that, it's a powerful way of getting kid, like kids and teenagers to understand a bigger issue. Yeah. I mean, uh, 2000 AD have done it for years. Yeah. With that kind of... Dealing with satirical adult, in a way, yeah, isn't dealing it? with adult right. issues, but not dumbing them down, just changing the context. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, it's kind of going. Uh... It's not. It's not treating people as idiots. It's going. Oh, so you might not understand the financial element, but if we phrase it like this, you'll understand basically what's happening. Yeah. The it can also be an indirect way for a creator to vent their concerns, their views. Oh, very much. Their... Very much. I mean, one one of the, one of his viewpoints, it seems, from the film is. The fear of what rapid expansion and power grabbing can do to a, a country or a nation, mm. in that Neo Tokyo is just full of like riots. There's riots every day. Yeah. You've got all these different factions. You've got terrorism on like happening all revolutionary. And terrorism. all the politicians are just fighting for the wrong corner and corrupt as hell. Yeah. And it, uh, yeah, it's. It's a sad, sad look at power structure. Yeah, and it's it rings true to this day as well. I found I found particularly yeah. the colonel's journey interesting because you start off thinking that he's a bad guy. Yeah, that's got to be the bad um, guy. Yeah. By the end of it, I was looking at he he's not a necessarily a bad guy. He's just a guy trying to do his job and keep everyone safe. Yeah. And you can question the way he does it, but. And never at any he's point is he after, one. He's never at any point after personal power in this film. Yeah, he's well, o- he's only after furthering the state. Well, that, that's an- that's another theme from it is uh, or a, and something that I believe the author was trying to express is that people who want power shouldn't have it. Yeah, Tetsuo shouldn't have power because was... from the beginning he wanted to be he wanted to be like the, he wanted to be the guy who rode Canada's bike. You know, yeah. he wanted. What was to... the what was the politician, the weasel politician? Nezu. He he. You was... saw that when the terrorist leader came, Ryu came back. Yeah, yeah. And was kind of like, I'm sorry, I fell, and he was like, you shouldn't be here, and he's running away with money. Yeah. He's trying to pop his capsules, and he's. It was incredible to watch because it's like his death was one of the most brutal ones as well. He just had a heart attack, not like the rest of them who get their blow- faces blown off and stuff. But that heart attack was because because he knows so he's in trap. was drawn out, yeah. and, and the mouth full of pills just yeah. fl- overflowing. It's like first down arse up. Yeah, dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. So, I think there was a lot of good messaging in this film. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And the the fact that the one standing tall at the end, Canada, he just wanted that. Like, well, let's face it. Basically, he just wanted an easy life, you know. He wanted to go on a date. He wanted to go on a date. Female lead. Yeah, yeah he, <laughs> want, he wanted to go on a date and he wanted to ride bikes. That's yeah. all he wanted to do. That's it. What's wrong with that? Yeah, there you go. It was the simple man wins. The there was some, by the way, there was some really funny side notes in this. Just like little one-liners. As you yeah. said, it was a lot of dark humour peppered in it. Like oh, it really bikes was. still on fire and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. 
when he gets knocked out, he's like, oh, you're heavy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant. Just, just the little whining as the scene that, there. And that's so the first good. time I've heard that. Like, the, and all the times I've watched it, I didn't notice until that and time. And there seemed to be loads of little bits like that. Yeah. And I, I, I felt that... At least tell me your name, you cold bitch. Because I felt, I felt the I film... I that. that the, again, you'll have to watch yeah. it again. It's one of those things you... It's after he um, gets Kay out of. Uh, oh yeah, it's when she's walking away because she's seen Ryan. Oh. It's, it's like they're walking oh, outside and she starts yeah. running off and he's like kind of chases after her a little bit to say, ask her what. For oh, of course it is. Yeah, because she comes back with a really good he, one line. He on springs that, her from that place. Yeah. yeah. Which one is the one she says? Oh. You're just a skirt chaser or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. She just calls him out for being what he is. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's a woman's sensitivity that does it for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Such a bloke. One thing I do is <laughs> we make me sick. Yeah. yeah. Oh, men. It's like a patriarchy. <laughs> One thing I do want to touch on in this is just how there was. There wasn't really any hope in the film. It was a hopeless. Yeah. Like, the world had gone to hell. Mm. You had riots and everything like that, and even when you boiled it down to the smaller levels, you, like they were non-committal with the female friends. They they were just distracted all the time because they had literally nothing. The bar they went to was a dive. It was just was something there falling was, apart. Was, it was incredibly hopeless. You're right. Yeah. And even when you look at the story of like the protagonist and the antagonist, there wasn't hope there. Like one of them was just spiraling down with his yeah. like corruption and power mm. and the other one's just there trying to deal with it and it's there was no hope and he was never like we're going to make the world better yeah. he said he's my friend I'll kill him yeah yeah. <laughs> he never was like I'll save him he used the word kill instead yeah. and you're like okay yeah, this is a world without any hope and the film did really well I think it needed the dark comedy this is where it comes in it needed that dark comedy so it didn't feel like a depressive film yeah. it kept it kept you up a bit with the one line so because that's what people do. They're very necessary, aren't well, they? Well, people do it in life. You, yeah. When you think of like death and stuff, you've got either really morbid people and you don't really want to be around them, or you've got the people who make light of those situations because it is such a like dark the, thought. It, the, what, it, what comes, I mean, some of the best comedy I always find comes from the most downtrodden characters. Oh, yeah. Like, look, at, look at stuff that was written in like World War One in trenches and like... It, it, creativity was inspired out of it because they didn't want to give up. Mm. I gotta go as far. It's me. <laughs> the uh, I found one that some of the funniest bits uh, were. So when the kids attacked uh, Tetsuo when he was in his bed, yeah, and they they bring they they turn the giant monsters and attack the big teddy bear and the rabbit. Yeah, and I the ki- to wonder, when, was that was that them creating that hallucination? No, that him, was them was... actually attacking him. Oh right, physically attacking him because they. The new but he didn't was. understand what was going on. Yeah, um, so we were as confused as he was. And there's the bit where yeah. he, he stands on the glass and it breaks and he gets blood in his feet and everything. Yeah. And uh, the one of the kids as he's trying to escape just goes weirdo. <laughs> 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 and, and I remember you just went pot kettle mate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's yeah. never sounded I've, more Norman. Like, uh, <laughs> and then like, later yeah. on when he. He makes his way through uh, all the soldiers. Oh, that bit where he just fucking blasts all these guys against the wall and there's an arm falling from the mm. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. Um, when he makes his way to the baby room um, to confront them, and one of them just goes, Hey, you, you're a cretin. 
die! It just pulled through the wall. Oh. <laughs> it's oh. amazing. It's, uh, I don't know what it was. It was just... Because it was like something a kid would say. A kid who just learnt a big word. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Cretan. Was, no, do you remember when you first learned to swear and that was the, like, the only word you wanted to use because you thought it was cool? Yeah, it was a bit like that. Dude, you head. What was it in Jane Sands Wolf Strike Back? Fuck, fuck, fuck. Mother, motherfucker, 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 noise, noise, noise. One, two, one, two, three, four, noise, noise, noise. Drinking beers. We don't know the whole thing. It's been years since I've seen that. They're making a new one. Yeah, yeah, it's filming currently, I believe. In. I will not not get distracted. No. Let's talk about the impact. Come on, guys. Look over here. Those dogs are barking. Let's talk about the impact this film had on not just film but everything, really. I mean, it, it was a bit incredible how it seems to like seep into everything. Yeah, it, and it's, it, it's I mean, huge. It, it seems widely regarded as one of the best animated films to come out, but also like just one of the best well, films here's overall. A, here's the thing. If that film came out today, it would still look beautiful by yeah. modern standards. I have a question. Yeah. In uh, in this list of influences here and how it impacted future um, productions, yeah. one of them happens to mention the television series Stranger Things. Now, how would you suppose this eighties eighties nostalgia is a massive thing in Stranger Things, and this is happening in the eighties, late eighties. But even watching it, you can see like the eighties influence at the time. But amazingly, for the eighties, it didn't have any synth. And also, Stranger Things psychic powers. Yeah. You know, psychic experiments. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a kid that's doing it. So uh, that that would be see, that would be the why, main. This is why I asked the questions. Well, uh, that's why I asked the questions. The questions I what learned. are you scared of? The I Germans. <laughs> Nine. Nine. Uh, but like some of these, um, beyond belief. Like we, Ghost in the Shell is an obvious one. Yeah. That'll probably one day in the future get its own episode because it's a huge. I mean, what well, yeah. it'll get at least two because I mean we've got some of the anime to watch, but we've also got the live action movie yeah to watch at some point yeah hopefully sooner than uh, the gap we had between <laughs> yeah yeah we'll try and make so, sorry guys we'll try and uh, happy easter yeah <laughs> uh, um tarantino loves the film yeah i know that he cited that a few times and it's one of the reasons why he included the um the anime segment in uh, kill bill yeah yeah he's, i, I mean, can, he's, I can he's see a, the influence in dark city that was yeah. a good film and I think I almost draws on the hopelessness of it, yeah. as well as the dystopia. Inception, I can see that. Um, one thing I could probably see is uh, uh, Hans Zimmer, who did um, yeah. uh, Chris Nolan's films for the mm. music film. Mm. He uses a lot of similar kind of sounds, like the boom, yeah, brown, yeah. Do you remember yeah. about four yeah. years ago? Everything used like the really bassy clacks and like the boom, yeah, yeah. boom, and it was in every. Trailer yeah. for about a year straight, and it was the most annoying fucking yeah. sound what, by the end of it. What's the worst trailer trope though? That are trailers that start out with "In a World." I like the "In a World." <laughs> yeah. uh, you never charming. see "In a World" anymore, do you? Yeah, I miss "In a miss In a World." Here we go. In a world where a bomb doesn't exist. <laughs> I want you to One do, man. <laughs> I want you to do in a world that doesn't exist for Inception. Go. In a world that doesn't exist, because it's a dream. <laughs> one man. One man spins his top. 
Does it wobble? Does it not? Uh, we'll all be talking about it 20 years later. Okay. In a world, Toy Story. Oh. In a world where toys come to life when you turn around, one toy will need another toy and tell him that he's a toy you and he won't believe it. Toy. <laughs> I, I just like a darker version of that. Yeah. I was just gonna I was gonna use the premise of Toy Story, but just insinuate that you like fucked a teddy in it. <laughs> in a world where butt plugs have feelings. God. Well, that's the th- that's the question, isn't it? Toy Story and animal objects come to life. It's technically a toy. Yeah. yeah. It'd be like the douche in uh, Sausage Pie. Okay, you're right up there. Imagine, right? If like you know how in Toy Story, Buzz Lightyear thinks that he's a real like yeah, the real Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. Imagine yeah, he doesn't move around when people are there. Yeah. Imagine if uh, Dildo thought it was a real dick. Where are you going with that? Well, that, that's all I'm saying. Genuinely. No, imagine thought it was a real dick. It's not something I've ever. And it was like it was like thought it was meant to be on someone. I thought it was just a severed dick. (laughs) Why am I still hard? There should be no blood in me. (laughs) (laughs) This is like Andy's mom's toys edition. Toy Story 4. (laughs) Where are my balls, Mrs. Andy's mom? (laughs) So what's in that? Butt plugs. Like a whole, each one's got a face. (laughs) He he wakes up next to the butt plug and just goes, oh, you smell like shit. (laughs) Pulling them out one at a time. Hello, 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 hello. Hello. <laughs> You're a weird guy. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> um, one thing that I do want to point out on Impact, just to, just to bring it back, just to bring it back, and it links to the actual last podcast we did of Todd McFarlane saying, citing this as an influence on the HBO cartoon of Spawn, mm. which I... I when once I read that, I was like, "Yeah, it actually makes sense." Yeah, a lot of sense. Like, the violence is a big giveaway yeah. on it, um, and well, but not so much. The it's interesting as well. Well, the, the I quite a few times through it when I was watching, I was thinking, "Oh, this looks a bit like the Matrix, like with the way it was drawn, or like the way something would blow up, or some of the violence, or the way they'd move." It did feel quite Matrixy in ways. The way Tetsuo would stop things. The way the way he stopped the bullet, particularly being yeah, like yeah. bullet tiny. But it was it was interesting because the the Matrix seemed to pull a lot of like in the real world version of the Matrix, it seemed to pull a lot of threads from that, like with the way the society worked, not necessarily like the city itself, but the way that how corrupt it was, and it, it was just interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the Matrix massively um, influenced. I mean, it says here. That Akira also influenced um, the elements of the Star Wars franchise, and mainly the prequel trilogy and the Clone Wars uh, TV series. I wonder if that's to do with maybe the... The way the Force works in those films. <laughs> the midichlorians. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was actually going to say that maybe it was to do with the way, as we were talking about earlier, like heroes aren't necessarily heroes. It's that they do heroic deeds. Perhaps. And... It just seemed to, I did play with that a little bit. Also, an influence can be like a minimal thing as well, can't it? Like, it could consider an influence. Well, it could just be a like, thought process. Like, like um, oh, I like the way the bike looked, so I made a vehicle that looked similar to the bike. You know? re- that bike was in Ready Player One. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, the bike's iconic. It it's, is? Yeah, it's a massive... It's, it's more iconic than the characters, probably. 
Now, I want to say about the impact, one of the impacts is that it got the Olympics in Tokyo in yes. 2020. And yes. Now, I, I'm not saying... That's because of that. But, but I think that... It's very coincidental, isn't it? It's, it's brilliant. Frighteningly coincidental. Yeah. You know, the mascot is for the Olympics in 2020 as well. Mario. Goku. Is it? Yeah. That's weird. He's a mascot. For, that's from... Uh, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, from that franchise. That's the only thing I know about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or Dragon Ball, from Dragon Ball. Yeah, from Dragon Ball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't stare at me. Dragon Ball is like just one of the versions of Dragon Ball. Yeah, it's just a second chapter. The Dragon Ball franchise. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't have given me it, could you? Nah, just nah. had to take it away. Nah. Look, look, just because you're back doesn't mean it's going to go easy on you. Yeah. <laughs> just because you came crawling back. I was going to say, that sounded like such an abusive relationship, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Keep chatting and you're going to get these hands. <laughs> 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 I'll say it won a few awards as well. Uh, oh, I was at it least was nominated. But I think it was very much, if you think at the time, there were no real awards, yeah. particularly in the West anyway, yeah. for animation. It took many years for that. Well, let's talk about that, the, the Western uh, impact that it had, because it was always going to be big in Japan. Mm. But when it. Um, well, it introduced a whole hemisphere to anime. Yeah, I mean, when, when it came over here. Anime was pretty much nothing. No one even said the word anime. No, they didn't, didn't know really about no, it. No, internet wasn't even really a thing but, when it came out. I mean, it took years, but the amount of people who will look at anime and just say it's a cartoon. Yeah. It took years for people to move on from saying that it's, it's just a cartoon. Thing. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, something has to be the icebreaker. Yeah. And, I mean, hell of an icebreaker. Yeah. Hell of an icebreaker. I mean, I, I, I was saying to someone the other day that I miss... The period in like the early noughties and the late nineties, when anime was like said it's been hushed tones, and uh, you on the only way to get a hold of it was to either get a VHS from uh, some like corner shop. Yeah, where it'd been dodgily recorded late yeah. night from Toonami. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or, or like um, someone at school got it off their older brother and thought, oh, you gotta check out this cool thing. It's like a cartoon, but for grown-ups. I remember Dragon Ball Z coming onto the scene, how, like, big that felt. Because that was, like, almost like the second wave. But I can remember, and and I know, Joe, you touched on it with, you said, oh, it feels like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, in a way. Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing I had. I very much got a feel of those 90s cartoons. Like, those 90s Saturday morning cartoons seem to very much take a lot of that Eastern influence with the drawing style of colour palette, just the way they move. And as I said before, that's because a lot of it either had their intros um, animated by Japanese studios, or in some cases like in the real Ghostbusters, the whole show was animated by Japanese studios. Was was there a change from like the 80s ones were there to sell merchandise? Mm. Voltron, Transformers, Thundercats, He-Man, they all were they were franchises to sell toys to kids. And mm. um, after this, was this did this almost change the perception of cartoons from instead of trying to just sell merchandise, you could tell a story? Because, I mean, we said it, it's seven years until Toy Story came out, yeah. which is probably the next biggest animated thing. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, Lion King came out in 94. Yeah, it's Disney, though. You can Disney were going from, like, the 40s with that, yeah. like, Snow White and stuff. So you always had those Disney family-friendly releases, but Toy Story seemed like the next big push after the anime. Yeah, I mean, I think Akira really stepped everything up in terms of quality. I mean, I actually looked up uh, what Disney was doing at the time Akira came out, 
and their big film at the time, well, it wasn't even a big film, it's, that was the dark era of Disney, essentially. Their film at the Ooh, time was... Disney, so dark. I know. <laughs> um, it was The Black Cauldron. All right, yeah. And when you look at the animation... That really... Did that short as yeah, well. that that's why that's the way I mean the dark yeah. era of Disney. Um, the animation does not hold a candle to Akira, not even not in any way, shape, or form. I think it pushed every animation studio to be like, right, we gotta make something as good as this. I think maybe people looked at maybe what the Japanese scene was doing, yeah, and went, oh, if this starts coming over, we're out of a job. Yeah, we're gonna start. Right, yeah. so that's why I say like the nineties cartoons were dramatically different to those 80s cartoons yeah. in feel as well like, yeah, yeah. it wasn't just oh we're going to defeat the bad of the day a bit like Power Rangers was it was much more long form yeah we're going to tell a story mm. as opposed to just try and sell you something yeah yeah. and I, I think that's a big impact uh, I mean it probably I think it after watching it it very much deserves mm. the plaudits it got and just in general I don't think if you got a uh... Akira over here. Akira didn't do well in the theatres over here. I'll just say that. Mm. It did very well on VHS release. Does that does that define it as a cult classic then, as opposed to a yes, classic? it's definitely thing that gets picked up after its theatrical yeah. release. Don't regard yeah. as a cult. It's definitely a cult classic. Yeah, I can see why. Yeah, it, because it's one of those. I know I knew the name of it before, but yeah. I'd never seen. It, but I knew the pop culture references to yeah. it and stuff. But also, it broke down the walls for that second wave of anime. So, like, Gundam Wing, like, Dragon Ball Z, Cowboy Bebop, Cowboy Bebop uh, Outlaw Star, all these big, I mean, Cowboy Bebop and Outlaw Star, Star especially because they were the more adult-oriented yeah. ones. Um, I'd say then you got the third wave, which was a bit more like One Piece. Um, One Piece, Bleach, Dr- Bleach uh, Naruto, yeah. And now, now we're in, like, the sort of the streaming phase where... Well, I think now we've got Crunchyroll, you've got Funimation Yeah, I was going to say we're in that globalisation of it now where it comes out in Japan and within a day you've got it online yeah. subbed. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a multicultural phenomenon now. It's not just yeah, it's something for Japanese people. Japanese people, you know? I say Japanese people, I mean Japan, like the Japanese yeah. market. Yeah. As and opposed to just you have to be Japanese to watch yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right. You can't watch this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now you're watching what you say. You have no Bushido spirit. What do you mean? Now I'm watching what I say. I haven't edited it that much. I was referring to oh, you. Right. Oh, I never watch what I say. Whatever. Yeah, he, he listens uh, to what he says. Yeah, and then, and then I go. Huh, That's a great idea. I'm hilarious <laughs> <laughs> and handsome, <laughs> but they'll never know on the podcast. <laughs> That's what you get. Such get podcast listeners. Sweet, sweet candy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think let's give it give it a rating out of five. Yeah. I'm. I mean, I love this film, and it's taken me so long to love it. Hmm. Um, I'll certainly say it is flawed. You know, yeah. in that it's it's very hard to follow. About the forty minute mark, it's sort of you know about fifty minute mark. You know when the both car. Kate and uh, Canada are in the, the prison yeah. and they have a big long discussion. I don't think that's a great scene. I think it's just a lot of exposition that's thrown at, thrown at you. Um, I'll give it four and a half. It's still the, more, the most beautiful films I've ever seen. Joe? Um, 0.5. For me, I just could not get into this film at Was all. it too weird it's, for you? It's, it just seemed to lack because I have, I have such a 
ongoing diet of uh, you know American films, British TV, Western culture. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and for me, it. I think in order for yeah, in order for some for me to sit down and enjoy something, there just has to be certain elements in maybe, maybe it's just, that maybe, just weren't there for me. So maybe it's easy to ask what you did like about it. Um, I suppose what I enjoyed about it and what sort of kept me on the on the point five scale was the themes that ran through it, and those are, those are the types of themes that you could identify, like the. Um, totalitarian kind of future um yeah i suppose that's what i, I suppose that's what i liked about it when when movies play with the what if you mean you want a totalitarian future no you <laughs> sick bastard i'm getting anti-thin here right now sort you out <laughs> so so my, my question to ask you okay. would be would you re-watch it to no. see if you got more out of the film no absolutely not and it's it's Nothing against again. How as Jamie said, it is visually stunning. It is, but it's just not my kind. It of was thing. a one shot for you. You've seen it. You can talk now. If someone brought it up, you could talk about Equally, it. Equally, I don't think it has anything to do with where it, where it hails from as much as because I've seen things that I would never watch again that were produced in the West. I just think it was just down my own personal tastes, and there wasn't anything that sort of pulled me in as a viewer. So that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I give it a four. It's you can tell it's a seminal film, like it was a trailblazer, but like anything that trailblazers, character development was lacking, but animation style was up there. It was, it was the rule of cool really. Yeah, <laughs> that ruled it. But it definitely, and I said, it, I'm looking at it now with, oh yeah, with twenty what thirty years of films and anime and culture since yeah looking back you're not looking at it with fresh eyes where this would never I, been yeah, seen yeah if, if I'd never seen it before I'd have probably been, been wow shocking film in the 80s but I, 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 I that's I mean I'm almost 30 myself I, I, I've had my whole life to consume media and then to go back to something that came out when I was born it, it's it's that's why it's interesting watching the older films I think I had it with Spawn a bit as well of the, it's a product of its time yeah, very much so, uh, but it didn't stop me enjoying it. I enjoyed it as I enjoyed the medium of it. I, like I said, I enjoyed the visual style. That's a lot of it for me, but it, it where it is lacking it is really lacking. Mm. Like that, that's why I wanted to do this film because I I was saying to you in the car that I knew all three of us would get something different out of it, yeah. and our opinions would be shaped differently from it. I actually knew you might be more on the. I, I thought I thought you'd give it like a two point five more than anything, um, but yeah. I think it's a film that has to click with you or it doesn't. Mm. But mm. I've seen so much so much since, and particularly like when you look at the list of stuff it influenced or had an influence on, I've seen all of that. So when I go back to the original, I've seen other people's take on the same kind of ideas. Yeah, and I've seen them first. Yeah, are you trying to say this is kind of like being shocked by something? It's like what came afterwards, and then seeing the original where it came from, where the surprise originally came from, and not being as surprised. It's a, I think I were talking that. about just before we started recording of when you see tropes in older movies, you've got to ask yourself: Were audiences wowed at the time? Yeah, was it a trope when this came out? Or did that create it and everything parodies it afterwards? And this really suffers with that. Of 
there were moments in the film where you do ask yourself, I've kind of seen this before in other films. But those films came after. So. Those films came after. They ne- not necessarily did it better, but I'd been exposed to it already. Did that affect... I, I probably did affect my viewing of it. Yeah. But I still think it was a good film for what it was. Yeah. Which is why I'd give it such a high score. Were you expecting so much uh, violence and gore in it? To tell you the truth, on occasion, and again, I think this is down to what you said, there was there were things that have come after that I think if we had seen this or, you know, if this had come out, you know, in the 80s and we'd been around then to see it, even at this, you know, I think it would have been far more shocking and uh, I think some for what it was at the time because there were bits you went oh fuck yeah Yeah. there was and that's even by today's standards which I mean to to imagine what this must have been like to come out at that time it's much in the same way I suppose The Exorcist worked for people because it was in the you know when America I think horror movies particularly suffer with this yes the same element of once something does something original Alien big example of that once something something original, you get all the parodies and the copies, and then it do sometimes do it better. You get in video games all the time. For the longest time, uh, like first-person shooters were called Doom clones because Doom was the big game, mm. and they all impersonated it, and then it became its own thing. This very much has that of it was the an- it was the anime that brought it to the West, mm. and you can see how it opened the gates. But it took other things to get us to fall in love with it. Mm. And I always enjoy the. I mean what I was trying to get across before when, when you were asking me what I enjoyed about it was the hypotheticals and again I like the compa- how you pointed out the how this movie was a reflection of a particular time a particular period yeah. and I enjoyed that part based on what you've said I actually would say you'd probably enjoy the manga then because that will have the character development and the other plot threads mm. and that, that that's the things that I'd probably enjoy because that's what I felt was lacking. So I probably I didn't mind the story. The story was fine. Yeah. But I think with more. Yeah, you want more of the law. I think. Yeah, it's and a fascinating that, world that I'd love to explore a bit. More. I think that's what's quite good about the film is that it makes you go, well, I want a little bit more. I want a little bit more story in it. It's, it's, so then it's like a taster. Yeah, that's, that's, it's like we said, it's a companion piece. The first isn't one's it? free. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The first one's seven pound ninety nine in HMV. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, and uh, then you want the obscure stuff? I have to go online for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hans is looking over his phone going, fuck about paying that. <laughs> we have to ship that over. Well, it is available to read for free online. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I did read the first chapter. And it is quite different. Um, and I want to get a bit more into it as well. Read mm-hmm. some more of that because interesting stuff. Yeah. If but, nothing else, it's been a very good conversation piece. Like I would Definitely. say, I'd say I'd challenge anyone to watch that and just come out going, "Oh shit!" And everyone's here again. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, like it, it's something that I could see, and like if we watch other animes, though you say you don't like it, you might refer to it because oh definitely yeah. So, but that's what I mean when it comes to sort of building up a frame of reference. I mean, I I kind of went, "No, I've never seen this kind of stuff before." And you said, "Well, actually, you have done like a year ago. You said yeah, you saw that, you so. saw Death Note, which does have some similarities to it." Like we said, we were talking about, and um, I think it's all about exposure. Yeah. Um. Seeing after after you've watched a few things, particularly anime, you start learning what you like and what you don't like. Like with music, like if you say, oh, "I like rock music," but 
there's such a wide variety. You start narrowing your taste yeah. down more. And it's kind of when it comes to music, it's like it's it. It's like uh, coming in and being used to listening to really well produced, awesome music. Like yeah. being able to listen to um, like, tri- like Trivium. Yeah. Trivium's new album. So listen to that, and it's really well produced. And then go listen to their original demo. Yeah. Or listen to what ins- what was inspired by it. So listen to the very first Iron Maiden album. Which wasn't very well produced, and if you're not a fan of of that, or you think well, it's been done better because yeah, everything's advanced so much. I think that's uh, that's part of it. Something that was groundbreaking is no longer groundbreaking because it's thirty years later. And I think that's a good point to end. Mm. I think that's a very succinct point. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I've been has from Valkyrock. You can find me on YouTube at that address uh, at Valkyrock. So. I'll go for jerks if you've got a fucking it's like a mini novel in itself what you where you are <laughs> Twas the best of times Twas the worst of times particularly when he got banned for three days yeah, yeah I, don't <laughs> I don't know who's going to include I got banned on Facebook for anyone listening for three days because we don't need to go into why yeah, be, just know because I'm a shit because I'm a shit poster that's why edgelord I'm a shit poster edgelord <laughs> who cuts himself probably um, <laughs> shaving shaving yes yes yeah <laughs> Shaving <laughs> that puckered asshole of his. <laughs> I just want to get more spokes in it. So now, so what are your companies? Yeah, so uh, you can find me at J Horner Illustration on Instagram, um, J Horner Illustration on the Facey B, um, J Horner uh, on Twitter, and also J Horner on YouTube. I've got a few more videos. You can also find me at uh, commentsforcouples.com and. Uh, I've got I've got sort of my other personal website out as well, which is jhornerillustration.artworkfolio.com. If you want stuff drawn, yeah, not, not for exposure, but no, I don't I don't do exposure dollars. I'm afraid. You know, HSBC don't take it, so <laughs> other banks are available. Yeah, yeah, they can all take your money for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Joseph, where is... can we find you? <laughs> In a box, you've got, you've got in a box down, down the street, yeah. in the pub. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> I don't, I don't have interesting tag-ons or anything. You, you just are just, you, just me. Can, can we not find you in the Amazon rainforest trying to find out what the hell's going on anymore? <laughs> you know what? I feel sorry for you. I'm going to do a plug for you. You have a YouTube channel which has some music videos on, which I found the other day. So, which is <laughs> called, found them the other which day. is called Joe Berry. <laughs> so there you go. And there's some banging songs on there. Some banging tunes. Banging tunes. Banging tunes. <laughs> Which must be, what, at least five years old now. Holy <laughs> shit. And with that, see you later. Bye. Bye, bye.